welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Peter Gay McLaughlin, I am so excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Oh, thanks for talking to me. I always <laughs> love chatting with you, Jules. We always have the best time. We do. And if anybody was at the International Women's Day event <laughs> that we did last year, which was 2020, what year is it this year? No, it was 2023. It was 2023. Oh, my God. I feel like it was last year. <laughs> Everyone fell about laughing because as you were as sick as a dog and you still came and you still loved talking. Oh, my so, God. It was amazing. I love talking. Yes. Okay, great. Well, I love, I love listening. I was going to go hearing, but I mean listening. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you do. I am the founder, CEO and principal hair and makeup artist of Iridus Cosmetics. Wow, that's really good. That actually sounds very impressive. So <laughs> why? Why did you set it up? Without going into too much of the background because mm. we're going to go into that in a minute. But yeah, what's definitely. Your... Look, it, it so much is that thing about creating something that's yours, mm. you know, that, that thing of a vision that you execute and then go, this is what I want to do. And and having something that is your own, you get to decide how it is entered into the world and how it is received and what you do every day. And I bloody love that autonomy. Like yeah, I'm really yeah. not a good employee. I, <laughs> I, am, I am a shit employee because I will absolutely skive off and work on my own business. I was always meant to be an entrepreneur, clearly. Yes, yeah. yes clearly. You must have been in your genes. All right, well, listen, why don't we go right back because it's so hard mm. to talk about anything without knowing a bit of background. So let's go right back and we'll work our way up and then we'll see where this kind of conversation wanders into. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but let's start with where did you grow up? And did you have brothers and sisters and what did mum and dad do? Oh, awesome. Such a great topic. <laughs> Family. Uh, so I was born in Penrith in New South Wales in the okay. western suburbs. Right. Uh, and my mum was her own business. Um, she had her own business, a business oh, right. woman, florist. What did she do? She florist. Was, yeah, nice and creative. Yeah, beautiful. And I grew up in her florist shop. Like I was literally in the bassinet next to her. She worked all through the 70s and you know, yeah, mum right. is like the the uh, woman of reinvention. She's you know she needed to make money. She found a way. You know she was selling antiques in the early days, and then you know back when they were cool. And uh, <laughs> how cool, still your dad. <laughs> yeah, she would. So she was so. a single mum though. Were you, well, were you... she was. My dad was not well, and right. also very violent and quite erratic. So our home was a very um, horrible yeah, environment. Right. Um, lots of family violence, like extreme levels of violence oh, and so I know it's, it's like it's that. sad but, but it you know it forges me. amazing oh. people yes and oh my god the resilience yeah yeah uh so yeah I mean look my my dad was sort of a bit in and out of work as a result of that and and mum was really you know the sole Took up the income reins. yeah bringing in the money and so she was the woman of of reinvention you know yeah. I, I, she is an absolute role model for me in that and also in business you know like watching her hustle and build her personal 
brand. Well, and that's part of network. why I uh, yeah, that's part of why I ask about yeah. parents because for a lot of people, it is watching your parents. They are the yeah. first role models, and you're looking at them going, "Well, yes. they set up their own business, so I know it's possible." Totally, yeah. totally. And you know, I, I sort of think back to that time. You know, that was really quite formative for me. You know, they say that you you are the person you're going to be by the age of seven, yeah. and I was in my mum's florist shop watching her hustle. You know, so it's no wonder I had this idea of my own business. Yeah. I've got two sisters. They're 10 years older than me, nine and 10 years older oh, than me. okay. I'm so the you're the baby. oops baby. I'm so, I was like the reconciliation baby, Jules. Right, like right. no pressure because like they got divorced at, when I was 10. But anyway, um, but yeah, I was meant to bring them back together again, but oh, obviously it didn't work. Well, you know, or, you know, that's that makeup <laughs> sex where you kind of go, oh, hey, and then you go, oh, we've got a baby out of it. Let's keep going. It's so true. Um, okay. So what was school like for you? Did you enjoy mm. primary school? First, oh, we'll start with yeah, primary school. I loved primary school. I was okay. so ready to go. Um, very social kid, um, you know, very much, you know, wanting and to be around people. two older sisters, I'm yes. guessing, to watch, you know, you've watched, you, they would have been in high school or heading mm, into high school by then. Exactly. And really, like, watching them, you know, sort of in, enter their teenage years and play around with makeup and all of that, I was enthralled. I would watch them put on their beautiful 80s Boy George-inspired <laughs> glitter makeup rainbow <laughs> everything. You know, I, I I would watch this and just be like, oh, my God, I want to do makeup. When I grow up. When I grow up. <laughs> so, yeah, my sisters are really quite formative in my in the yeah, direction totally. I took. And, you know, they kind of raised me as well, you know, mum working so hard that she did, you know, my eldest, um, my middle sister was like another mum to me. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of so amazing. Pri- so primary school was fun. I loved primary How school. How was secondary school? Secondary was it, Look, I also loved, I love learning, right? I'm right. a lifelong learner, one of those people that love, you know, taking new skills and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I was definitely different and I was bullied as a result. Um, and oh, God, like, I hate just, hearing these stories oh, of girls who've been bullied. I tell you what, they were little bitches. Yeah, yeah. And, and so much of that thing of like just being different and then that's something that they want to, you well, know, they just tear find that down. chink, don't they, in the armour? Yeah. Yes. And off they go. Yes. So high school was, did you have a core group of friends or I was it did. just pretty miserable? Oh, look, I did. I had some really gorgeous friends and a lot of boy-based um, friendships, okay. you know. And and I was like a school prefect and all of that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, so you like were really I, good at school I, academically. I was, yeah. I, right. I was, and, and I was moved, we moved to Tassie. So after my parents divorced, it's you know, a bit of a we, shock. it was a total culture shock. My <laughs> God. Like, I actually can't imagine you in Tassie. I know. It's like, and yeah. like, very and totally, small. like it, it, it seems like a whole lifetime ago now, you know. But I, look, moving to Tassie was great because we needed to put Bass straight between my father yeah. and us, and we yeah. needed a new life. And it was, you know, it was a much safer, you know, place to yeah. live. And, and how old were you roughly when you moved there? We, I was twelve. Okay, so early did, in high school. Yeah, did high school. And how school. long did you stay there? The whole of high school? The, all of high school, all of uni, and I moved away when oh, I was wow. 23. Yeah. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Okay. I am half Tasmanian. You are half Tasmanian, <laughs> and it is such a beautiful place. The oh, only place I've amazing. ever been that I cried on the plane oh, when I left. Yes. And I don't feel that way normally about. There's um, something magical. Yeah, there is. There's something great. Okay, so you finished school. Mm-hmm. Was there an expectation you'd go to uni, or what did yes. you decide to? There was. 
was. There was, yeah. And okay. I always had in my mind, like as, as a 12-year-old, I was certain I was going to be an actress. Right. I was going to be the next yes, Nicole Kidman. you would have been a great actress. <laughs> I wanted to be one too. We could have been actresses together. Oh, my God. We would have been so famous, Jules. <laughs> we um, would. It's, it's so funny thinking about that now. Uh, but then I started showing a bit of academic prowess and uh, mum was like, okay, let's like. Let's make the most of this. Yeah, let's not have you be, you know, an actor. Um, and, and like, and I, I wanted to be an actor from age five. Like yeah. mum took me to this play and I, I remember because she was, was sponsor for the um, this theatre that, that was in Penrith and she'd supply all the flowers and um, and she couldn't get a babysitter and took me along to the play and she said it was the longest time I just never spoke. Like, you know, she, she checked my <laughs> just pulse. Just eyes as big as saucers yeah. just watching. And, and then she's like, what do you think of that? And I said, I want to do that. And uh, and so from age five um, up to age, you know, 14 or so, I was like, yeah, I will be an actor. Right. Uh, but, of course, mum, you know, sort of convinced me that being a lawyer would be the <laughs> Same. She wanted that security for you, clearly. Yeah, well, she tried to tell me it was going to be the same as being an actor because you got to, like, <laughs> perform for the yeah, judge and yeah, the jury. Nice try. Um, and, and I fell for it. As a 14-year-old, I'm like, yeah, shit, money, because we were really poor then. You know, we went from having, like, all this money with mum having her business and then we moved to Tassie. Mum went on the pension. You know, we, we – It was a tough – like, she yeah. was selling shit to get my, you know, winter uniforms. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it, 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 and it was just mum and I. It was a real – like there were extraordinary times, but just hard. So it's hard, so hard understandable. Times. I mean, and you've got a child now too, mm. to think that if your child was doing really well academically, absolutely, yeah. and yes. you've and you've been through the whole poverty cycle yes. of let her not go through that. Like let's get yep. her into something that's solid. You always little want knowing more. how uh, how many people certainly I've interviewed <laughs> women that have started <laughs> off as lawyers and clearly not stayed because I don't think it's a lot of fun. It's but so I'm getting not. ahead above myself. Okay. <laughs> So let's talk uni first. So you mm, went to uni in yep, Tassie. Yep. So what I, did you think of that? What I was that like? Loved uni. Uni was an extraordinary experience. Uh, met my uh, met my husband, my first husband at, at uni at Your eighteen. First husband. My first. It sounds like I've got a string <laughs> of them. I only have one ex husband. Um, sounds exciting though. Uh, so met him at eighteen, and you know, fell wow, madly so in love, young. and yeah. so young. Was he like the um, first boyfriend? He was Proper like probably boyfriend? like my third. Okay. Third, you know, f- first boyfriend, but like the first proper, like deeply in love kind of, you know, right. shared vision of the future kind of thing. He was studying law as well. Um, right. And so, you know, we just hung out 24-7, moved in together, all the things. Uh, and, you know, it was it was just uni was amazing, you know, just that celebration of diversity and, yes, and learning and, you know, building a career path. Like I, I loved uni. Yes, I do. I have to say I partied a lot of my way through uni. <laughs> <laughs> because I did a course that really, I think my contact hours were 15 hours a week mm, or something. Mm, I, so it was just always out at the pub I and love having that. fun. And well, in fact, law, law must I, have been harder. Harder well, graft than that, though. <laughs> it was a bit of partying. I, and I did like a combined arts law degree. So like yeah. it was a five-year degree with the two double degree. And I majored in sociology and um English in my arts degree and then that finished in at third year and then I went on and did pure law for the last two years. Right. Um, that's how they did it back then in the and, 90s. And so when you finished uni, were you dying to get out there oh, and earn and be so a lawyer? so desperate. Well, at the end of it, I was like, I'm sick of law. I don't think I want to be a lawyer. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
which was great yeah. when, you know, you've done five years five of years. Um, And then I got a job in customer service because I'd, I'd worked my whole uni working at the body shop. So I was all oh, about customer right. service okay, and so retail. Okay, so is this where a bit of the love of makeup and everything came yes, from? Yes, exactly. I was immersed so much in beauty and makeup um, during uni and it was it was incredible. Like I loved playing with makeup. You know, someone would come in for a hemp hand cream and I'd be like, right, so here's the hemp. These ingredients, it'll do this, blah, blah, blah. Now, while you're in here, come over to my makeup chair and I'll just pop so some lipstick. So you've always, like at that stage, you, yeah. were, you, were, you were, even at 17, 18, mm. you were loving applying makeup to I, people. I was. Why? Just that transformation, Jules, that thing and where And did they, it come from your sisters, do you think? I, was it, was absolutely, it that? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Like that that amazing watching them, you know, I, I cut my teeth in their bathroom, you know. Did they apply it on you all the time? Like well, did you learn from them practising on you? I was sort of that annoying little sister that, you know, got, <laughs> got into everything. And, right. You know, and so they were just desperate to get to the, you know, disco. And so, you know, they, they weren't, they didn't want to put anything on me, but like my sisters did Let the 10-year-old sit down yeah, still and exactly. let the 10-year-old put on your makeup. Correct, correct. So I'd wait until they left and then I'd get into it and do myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd come down to dinner like fully made up in, you know, full face <laughs> of everything and my mum would just like, can you wash your face because no, you're 10. Uh, you know, it, it's so cute thinking about that. But, yeah, I was really into makeup and I love the transformation and, you know, any chance I got to put makeup on someone I would, you know. Um, I remember at the law ball I was, you know, making over ladies, you know, my friends before, you know, we went to the ball. I'm like, here I am, you know, I'm all done up and I'm like, right, now sit down. We're going to put this purple glitter eyeshadow on you. Like, you know, oh, I, I still it. remember. It's so cute. Okay, so you, you're doing, you're loving all this makeup but yes. you and you were wishing that you weren't going to do law, but you mm. clearly did go into law. So I what was did. around that decision? Was that the boyfriend and, like, let's get together and we're yeah. going to need more money or well, why did much, you keep going down that route? I My first job out of uni was working in a call centre and so customer service in a call centre because I was certain I wasn't going to be a lawyer. And three months into that I'm like, what the hell <laughs> are you doing, lawyer. you bloody idiot, <laughs> go and be a lawyer. Right. And, and literally I was like, yeah, of course I want to be a lawyer. Uh, the cute thing was that this call centre was um, with Colonial, which were a massive financial institution. Yeah. And so um, I got transferred because I, you know, like I got annoyed at the call centre thing, got transferred into their superannuation department and I was a super fund administrator, which was like the lowest of the low, like handling correspondence and photocopying and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but it gave me this amazing exposure into superannuation. And they were trying to find a superannuation lawyer for seven months to round out right. the team. Right, okay. And I thought – this is an opportunity. I could. This could be my specialisation. I enjoy working in it. It's you know interesting. It's an intellectual challenge. There's work in it. Why don't I choose that? God, I love the way our brains work when we're younger. All right. <laughs> I know, so insurance law. <laughs> yeah, it was no, yeah, no super. It's going to be super. I'm a, I mean, then I was a super lawyer, Jules. Like I didn't just get to call myself a normal lawyer. Got I was to wear a, a cape. super lawyer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's an ongoing joke with super lawyers. Right. And you know, at that time there was like two hundred. 300 of them in Australia. It was a highly specialised area. Right. Um, and I just thought, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and so then it was about getting articles because, you know, that, that um, practical What does that mean, year. by the way? What is getting oh, articles? such an archaic legal term. Do you have to write term. something? Is it that kind it's of an article? Not, not like your articles. No. no. It's a, a term that is like your apprenticeship as a lawyer. 
Right, because I've heard it, but mm. why, you don't know why it's actually called articles. I, I think you, it you... goes back to, you know, the Middle Ages okay, basically right, when gotcha. lawyers were first invented and you, you probably did have to write articles. I actually okay. don't know that, um, no, sorry, that whole I'm, story. I'm, but I'm getting this I will Google that. We can put it as a footnote. Uh, but essentially it, it really is just the way to learn how to be a lawyer okay. after law school. Uh, so I was like that was my big focus. I needed to get admitted to the bar because without that you can't really call yourself a lawyer. Right. Um, and definitely the income side of things was, you know, I was like, all right, we're time, you know, let's pay off those hex debts, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and my husband, gotcha. he also joined me in superannuation as well. And so, you know, I was like, this is going to be a burgeoning field. This is, and because this is like the early 90s, sorry, late 90s, it's all happening, early 2000s. You know, this was where super was really taking off. Right. Um, so it was an awesome opportunity to, you know, expand a career. All right, so you took that job mm. and they must have been delighted and learned, I imagine, very fast I on the job. I did, I how did. How to specialise. How long did you last there? I lasted there 18 months okay. and then um, I got headhunted actually, my first um, headhunt, which was so cool, yeah, by the very cool. Um, Super Complaints Tribunal. So I was handling <laughs> complaints at the tribunal. That was a very cool role. And then from there I went to um, the, that's where I got my articles at Slater and Gordon. So right. um, my labour law firm, um, you know, fondly known as Ambulance Chasers. Uh, <laughs> I have heard that term. <laughs> so how long did you last with them? Well, that was a year contract. So I stayed there a little after that, maybe another three months after that. Right. Um, and they put me in their work cover department, which wasn't of interest. We In the interview we talked about me doing super for them, but it just didn't really sort of work out um, and I got stuck in work cover. But what it meant was I was doing court appearances and down at the magistrates and county courts. Make up again. Oh, my God. Performing again. Yeah, gotcha. Um, It was so great. But then every lunchtime I'd go down to, like, the body shop in Burke Street Mall and, like, you know, so what are your new products? Like, what have you got? You got some new makeup that I need to look at? You know, and in the end the manager, the the assistant manager who I'd gotten friends with, um, you know, over the years that I'd frequented her shop, Mm. said, look, PG, I just need to tell you it's time that you focus on being a lawyer. (laughs) Look, the body shop is behind you now. Like, you just need to move on. She was probably so sick of me coming in. Well, I can't imagine anyone saying stay away from my shop. (laughs) So you obviously did something. So what what was next? I mean, you know, Mm. you've even got the people at, at, you know, the Burke Street Mall telling you that you need to get back to work. How did did it, what what was the next job? Well, it was very cute because during my time at Slater's, one of the um, senior associates had Mm. come back from mat leave and she was, you know, we, we were working a bit together and she said to me, look, you just seem to know how to put yourself together. Like, how do you do your makeup like that? Like, okay. I want to get on the partner track. I have been raising, you know, two little humans. I've been in active wear, you know, 24 yes. seven. I don't know how to dress. I don't know what suit I should buy. You know, it's been five years out from law. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing anymore and I'm desperate to get partner. So I want, can you help me? Is there something you can do? Right. I'm like, oh my God, is there something I can do? Uh, so we took her down to DJs and Maya and, you know, took her around to all the makeup counters and she bought everything that I said to buy. Oh, wow. You know, we went and got her a couple of new suits and, like, I was really good at sort of putting a, yeah. putting a look together. Um, you know, some new shoes to update everything. I sent her to my hairdresser. He looked after her. And I remember her coming back, um, you know, after all of this and walking in and her shoulders were back and she was standing taller and, you know, she – 
I could see the change yeah. in her. And, I mean, this was 2000, literally 2000, and I was like, I, I can't believe, like, that. I want to feel more of that. Like, that's amazing. Right. And then I watched her grow and her confidence grow over this time. And then six months later she was putting her partner presentation together. And, of course, you know, glass uh, walls in a conference room, you know, right. boardroom in, in a law firm. I watched her walk in there. I watched her do her presentation. You know, she was so confident. She felt a million bucks and I could see it, you know. She was like, I yeah, need this partner. Right. I am worth this. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember just watching this um, presentation going, I'm so bloody proud of her. And literally going, oh, God, I just want to do more of that. And then my, you know, left left brain, right brain, you know, kicked in and went, look, you're a lawyer, um, so just <laughs> can you just go and be a lawyer? Uh, so I worked in various legal roles um, along that time, just always sort of looking for that next um, promotion, the next skill yeah. set, building my career. I went from senior legal officer to, you know, the manager of various departments, legal and compliance and risk, um, all those amazingly boring. I can only, I didn't want to say it, but I might as well. Oh, my God. Ugh, I can't imagine that you enjoyed it. So uh, yeah. where, what was the light bulb moment? What happened that ended up, mm. you know, well, keep, keep going anyway, keep telling. Me. So my gorgeous, uh, my gorgeous legal career, like, and, and you know, like I got to a really senior yeah. point. You know, I was managing. I had a team of lawyers that were all, you know, um, older than me, and you know, it was it was a really, you know, I got quite elevated quite quickly. And you know, like you work hard, you hustle, you do all the things. Uh, and then the global financial crisis hit, two thousand and eight. Yeah. So uh, I went from sort of being, you know, employed, headhunted, all the things, to having absolutely no prospects and the ho- and you know a trillion dollars has been lost from the stock market overnight yeah all of that I'd, I'd actually two weeks before that I had quit this job this was you know the the sort of unicorn job of, of a lawyer right and I because and stuff was happening in this space like there were investments were going wrong that would otherwise be not going wrong. You know, there was just some weird stuff happening in the industry. And, you know, I'd provided some legal advice to the board on this, you know, of this company for this particular, you know, investment that they wanted um, and, you know, said I, I didn't think it was um, appropriate with, you know, the the terms of their engagement. Um, and then the board members wanted well, one of them wanted me to change my legal advice and said, oh, you know, we want to invest in this. So, you know, too bad. Um, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I quit. I said, right. look, if you're going to make me, you know, uh, change my legal advice on something that is legal advice, um, <laughs> I don't. What bit of the not understanding. <laughs> I do not right, want to so be a you, part of it. So you walked away mm. but at the GFC time. So there was no. So two weeks later. So yeah. I, and we didn't know what was happening. Just weird shit was happening. But yeah, no one right. knew why. So I literally, um, you know, quit my job and, and went, oh, what a relief to have that behind me. Um, and two weeks later, I opened the Fin Review, trying to find a new job, and GFC is plastered everywhere. Yes. I mean, I will never forget that day oh, when Lehman Brothers went down. Yes, yes. And it was like, well, what's happening? What does this actually mean? And you could yeah. see all these people kind of going, it's an absolute disaster. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and I mean, it, it 
for us that had, you know, I'd worked in in super and financial services for, you know, 10 years at that point. It was like, bloody hell, what the hell? This is unprecedented. So, you know, I went from being, you know, able to call in favours, get jobs, get the next promotion, all of that, to having no prospects and nothing. Um, You know, I was six months out of work. Right. And it was the worst time of my life. My, You know, I thought I'm never going to get employed um, again. You You know, this is the end of it. I always say at times like that, if only there was a crystal ball that could tell me that in six months I'd have a job, (laughs) I could enjoy six months off, which I would love to have under any other circumstances. Well, I I remember during COVID time, like every time they'd be like, oh, the numbers are getting high, we need a lockdown. We're like, oh, well, there's going to be a lockdown. (laughs) And then, you know, after like three of those, I was like, oh, my God, there's another lockdown. (laughs) But, gee, I did enjoy that downtime Mm. working on my business. (laughs) Yes, yeah, at first anyway. At first, that's right, the first couple of months. Um, so, okay, yeah. so you've lost your job. The yep. GFC's hit. You're unemployed. What, yep. What's next? You and hubby are. Well, by this point I'd actually um, broken up with him and then gotten together with Kelly, um, my wife, so right. my second marriage, Jules. <laughs> there is only Who was two. your bestie, I believe? Who, yeah, my bestie. She was. And um, and so, yeah, when, when we fell in love, like it was all very big in the industry because she also worked in super but in investments and it was like uh-huh. a So it was scandal. when you were both employed. And, yeah. And just so that everybody knows, it's all very friendly with your ex-hubby oh, as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. He and I. It was I a very amicable. story. Yeah, it's, it's cute. Very. There's another podcast on that. Yeah, there is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's. Uh, it was a very amicable split but, you know, <laughs> amazing, amazing. So uh, essentially from there. So were you kind of newly married at the same time as being out of work and all the rest of oh, it? Oh, no, I'd been married a little while. Okay. By that point I think I'd broken up with him. So um, I broke up with him maybe a, a year or two before, maybe two years okay. before the GFC. So, right. um, you know, I was it was I was newly with Kel. Okay. Um, but so she supported me during that bloody GFC. But I guess there was there came to a point where it gave me time to think mm-hmm. and it gave me um, downtime when my brain wasn't going at, you know, 20 to the dozen kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and having that opportunity to just so go, okay, well, if I'm never going to work as a lawyer again, because, like, I did kind of feel a bit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, I've got a big piece of butcher's paper. I laid it down on the table and I'm like, okay, we need a couple of columns here. What am I good at? (laughs) What am I actually qualified in? Um, And what do I love doing? It was those three things. And I, you know, literally sat at the dining room table and just, you know, got a bit kooky with it. I meditated. I'm like calling in all the forces of the universe. All the woo-woo stuff. All the woo-woo. I'm a big believer in woo-woo. Laid it all out and then I just wrote down all these things. So all the things that I love doing and, and then out of the three columns, I tried to match up what could be a business, what could be a thing. And while I was meditating, this idea of Iridus, my makeup company, my brand, my makeup brand, um, came to me, this idea of teaching women how to do their So from makeup. the beginning it was teaching. It wasn't Absolutely. just I want to create a makeup brand to mm. take on Maybelline or whatever. That's it was, right. It was the no teaching teach. the makeup. I wanted yeah. to help women do their I own makeup. It. And it was all by that lawyer from Slater and Gordon who I helped with her makeover. Wow. Um, you know, because I thought, you know, this is assumed knowledge that you're a chick. Absolutely. I don't I, I grew know? up in a family with three brothers and a mum who doesn't wear makeup. I yes, never grew up with it. exactly. At all. Loads of people don't know how to do it. And 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 then there's the life changes as well. As you change, you know, I was, in fact, brilliant at doing it when I was 18. And I'd used four different colours on either eye. (laughs) And now I'd, you know, completely forgotten. So I I think it's amazing. So 
How did? But what were the first steps? So you go, okay, I'd love to do this. Yeah. Um, and I think I was like, just got really like into some like pretend YouTube videos in my bathroom every morning while I was getting ready because like right. even though I wasn't working, I needed to put my makeup on. Yeah. So. Gotcha. I just pretended I had an audience and so I just like kept pretending in the mirror and, you know, do this And were little, you doing this, videoing it? Like when you, uh, no, well, no. No, like this you, is like 2008 or yeah, 2007. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> that no wasn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Gotcha. So, um, you know, I'd do these pretend tutorials to my, you know, imaginary friends each morning um, and I thought, you know what, I want to do that and, and really thinking that, um, I, I like my first iteration of the business was I'd be a makeup stylist. So I would take people down to Meyer and tell them what to buy. And okay. then, you know, and then my business brain kicked in and went, why the <laughs> hell would you do that? Why don't you just start your own brand of makeup? Well, that's makeup? very brave. I mean, I think that that is a leap actually Look, myself. And in hindsight, you know, <laughs> I, I would probably say idiocy uh, um, as well and, you know, just negativity. But I think that's what it is for, for most people. <laughs> so it's like much. if you don't know what you don't know, you don't know all the negative thick sides <laughs> of it all. Right. You just yeah. blindly go ahead and do it. Yeah. Someone asked me recently, knowing all that you know and how hard it's been and the constant, you know, it's struggle of cash flow and all of that, would you do it again if you knew all that? Um, my answer was actually yes, but by hell I would do some things differently. Would you? Oh, what I would you would do differently? Jules, oh, the tying product up, you know, within for cash flow like purposes. You know, you Oh, no, tell that story because I have asked oh, you this story yeah, before. This, this and it's really one. interesting because I think there's plenty of people out there that would think, I'm gonna start a product business <laughs> and it's all gonna be like passive income, yes, you know. I'm just gonna yes. put it on my website, people will buy people will just find It'll be it. So easy. <laughs> it's gonna, I was sure I was gonna be a millionaire in the first so year. So what of did business. you do? Tell everyone. Uh well look Tying, having a product-based business versus a services-based, but we're both, like we do do both. But, um, you know, like the having that product, you know, you might have a whopper month and you sell 20 grand of lipsticks or whatever. Um, then you get to the end of that month, you actually have to replenish that stock, yeah, which right. is going to eat into your profits. And like if you have a massive line, which we did at the start, you know, I think we had like 56 eyeshadows or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, I went into this thinking I was MAC uh, Cosmetics, you know. Well, uh, also, but the excitement, <laughs> I guess, of something that you know and love yes. and then having someone go, so blue sky, <laughs> what colours would you like? <laughs> of course you're going to choose 56 of them. But what did Correct. it do? So what you did was well, over invest. It just tied up money to yeah, tying up cash flow. So, what did you do to get rid of it to be able to loosen Um, up that cash flow? We needed to put more money in, um, and that was that was a great thing of having. We funded the business ourselves. Um, We've we've only ever funded it ourselves, and so you know, putting that chunk of change back in, and and thank God I was a lawyer. Thank God Kelly did work in investments. You know, we were in the position of doing that. Um, But by God, that you know, and not wasting money on all this peripheral shit. Just start selling products. Like get. The what do you mean by in. don't, don't, what peripheral shit? What, what other well, things it, did you start you know, spending it on? I spent two grand on a logo that I hated. Right. Okay. Um, you know, it, it uh, then also, you know, over engineering things at the start. Yeah. You know, that, you know, that book, um, Aim Fire Ready. Book, I don't you know, know. I don't like, know, but the idea is just get started and yeah, then don't worry aim, about it later. 
you know, don't aim first, just do it, you know, yeah. and, and that it, that was the big, I've read that book too late. <laughs> I should have read that book first. No, but it is um, so it is so natural and that's why mm. this is a great conversation because there are a lot of women and, in fact, I've, I've just started working with one and I am mm. very much, I don't give a shit about how it looks, I just want to get started yes. and I'll massage it afterwards. Yes. But I think an awful lot of women, in fact, I'd say probably more women than not, prefer things to be perfect before exactly. they get started. The and it's that whole thing about it's like a website where I say yes. to people, it doesn't matter, just get it up because yeah, you totally. can change it every day and no one's really going to notice. That's right. And you go, but no, it's like printing a it's brochure. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. And, and I am that. Like I am so that type A personality of perfectionism. I, You know, perfectionism is the the biggest bane of my whole life right. as an entrepreneur and and the lawyer <laughs> you know like the lawyer in me it has to be right it's got to be precise yes, cross all the t's you, and exactly. dot all the i's or else you'll get into trouble and i'm a virgo it's like <laughs> you know, virgos are anal retentive i'm one as well i think oh my yeah, God, yeah. I didn't so you laugh knowing I, I like details with the things. Detail. But- and so for me, you know, learning to just actually, you know, like that great saying, you know, um, perfection is the enemy of. Um, Invention, is, I think. Is, yeah. Or yes. Is, oh, God, I always stuff up these sayings, but it's a Gretchen Rubin saying. Okay. Um, you know, but it's basically just get it done. It doesn't yeah, have to just be perfect. Do it. And it's such, you know, those sort of little mantras that, that get you through because, you know, like a now I'll launch stuff without it being perfect and I'm just like, you know what, this is going to be fine. Um, and it did take me 15 years in business to get to that And point. I think what we also because when we get started, we don't necessarily think, we think that our clients are going to be standoffish. Yes. For want of a better way of putting it. I yes. mean, not that you think that, but you just think that they're going to be judging everything. Yep, yep. yep. And like that they they're going to go, well, I'll never come back to her yeah. because she didn't have the right <laughs> dot on her logo. Yeah, correct. Or the toilet didn't have the right colour toilet paper. And it's those little things that we yes. fixate over. Yes. And a client will completely, you know. They don't even notice. <laughs> no. And also the kind of person that you are, you're building a friendship with your clients correct. as well. And they want to back you. Yes. And they want to, you know, so they'll support you through most things. I I reckon that's absolutely right. And I think too, you know, you just have to get to a point in business where, you know, unless you have a multi- million dollar budget on things and small business we just don't um you just have to make do and get really innovative in the shit you do that's right that's right yeah, I, it's I, I think huge. so okay so you started at GFC mm-hmm. hitch you started the business you've overcapitalized yep. and yep. then presumably managed to pull back a little bit somehow <laughs> uh, so how did the business grow have there been any sort of big ups or downs that you can talk to us about um, yeah because I often say to women it is not a straight line that leads mm. up to the profit, the, the profit land in the heavens. <gasps> totally. It's a very wiggly line normally it and lots really of ups is. and downs. Have you had a, a bit of an experience that you could share? Yeah. I mean, look, we've turned over $4 million in the years that I've been wow. doing congratulations. this. congratulations. That's Thank huge. You. It is really huge. It the is. expenses are also in that. <laughs> a 3.9. Um, <laughs> that's right, exactly. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously – that's, and that's all my toil. So this yes. is me working and I've worked in the business now full-time for six to seven years. That's now uh, and, and, of course, you know, I. And in I, the middle of that there's a pandemic. Yeah. Because six oh, to seven right. years, I thought it was longer than that. Oh, I know. It feels and there like really was long. three years of pandemic and I we're didn't... only out of it, what, two years. Yeah, so, I feel like those years. So you count. had like a year of the business and then and then everyone <laughs> locked their doors. Yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was tough yeah. going. And, I mean, look, 
I I think the thing that's been a real success for us is that constant reinvention. And, you know, I, I'm a visionary. I come up with new ideas on stuff we can do every day and I have to, <laughs> like, stop myself and finish one project before I start another one. But, I mean, you're the same. You and I are, like, I the same totally person. Just, I'm listening to you going, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm glad you, know, you, I'm glad you finished it. I don't know that I actually go that far. Well, I think, you know, that's probably Kelly's influence. Can yeah, you just get great. this project done? Uh, so, uh, I mean, I guess for us that reinvention has been massive. We had a team for a while there, 2015, 2016, we had a team of about 15 artists Australia-wide. Oh, okay. And they were also doing our glamtorials, which are our group makeup lessons and one-on-one lessons and teaching people makeup. So that was, you taught them and then they went on and correct. taught other like people. Our Iridus uh, was like a business out of a box kind of um, yeah, situation right. okay. where we would, you know, have this structured lesson in, um, you know, a very, a very structured lesson about skincare, foundation, cheeks, eyes, lips, brows, all of that. Plus also, you know, the the evolution of Iridus in that confidence space, like teaching women really. Yes, which is such a big part of what you what what you do now. Yeah. I mean, that's our point of difference in Iridus. It's we're teaching makeup, but really we're teaching you confidence. We're teaching you to love yourself a little bit more and that self-esteem increasing, you know. Very much it's about um using makeup as that tool to be your most amazing version of you and then go and kick ass in the world, you know, get yeah. out there and put your shoulders back and feel, you know, like that Zoe the lawyer from Slater and Gordon, I saw it happen, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just a bit of lipstick, but, by God, it changes how you feel mm-hmm. about yourself. And when you feel different, you show up differently. You know, I mean, that was what we wanted. I wanted to teach. I wanted that in the world. And all of these gorgeous artists, you know, like I think they felt a bit of imposter syndrome teaching that because they didn't feel that in themselves, you know. Right. Um, and, and I think also just getting not like that's another big lesson is, you know, recruit on the basis of what you really need in the business, not just because you really like the person. <laughs> oh, my God, my one of my biggest <laughs> learnings in business. Like, because, I, you know, I just so love what did you do? Well, what did you do when you had 15 staff? I mean, did, did was the pandemic kind to you in that you were forced to mm, lay them off and then no, decided not to keep going? Or I what happened? To, I actually had to embrace a change in business model, right. um, you know, and, and bit by bit, you know, they kind of left anyway and, you know, and then I was like, this is not how brutal, we're going to do it though. anymore. I have to oh, deal with that, God, it was so brutal, um, you know, and there was like a little bit of, um, you know, sort of internal issues as well, yeah. like artists, you know, thinking like someone was getting more work than them and, yeah. you know, I was creating sort of an well. agency type situation and, you know, it was all about your reputation and all of that. So, you know, it, it just it, the, just I had to embrace the fact that that business model didn't bloody work and, I, you know, it nearly killed me that that didn't oh, work. Oh, it must have. You know, because I was sure that I would have all these women all around the world teaching glamorials. And but it might we just take fight. a little bit longer. No, and this yes, time, you will. <laughs> this time I will recruit the right people for the role, not yes, just, right. oh, I like you. So good learnings. Uh, we changed the business model. It became just me um, again. And we're now excitingly at that point of scale. You know, right. I've now got other makeup artists who have joined and they are the right people. You know, they've been, I've, I've got this other arm to my business um, where we teach people how to become makeup artists. It's an e-course. Yeah, it's, great. It's a COVID pivot. 
it. And, you know, we filmed all in between lockdowns and, yeah. you know, like it, and it's been so successful. These amazing women oh, finally fantastic. learning how to do their own, you know, run their own business. Yeah, yeah. So it's all the makeup side and it's all the business side. So would you um, franchise it? Is that kind of well, a model would, or party it, plan or something well, like that? So we're sort of like we, that's po- certainly something we could do, but what's worked really well is just having makeup artists buy our products, get testers at a discounted price, they use that on their clients and then they sell it to their clients, yeah. yep. get a commission, yep. 25% affiliate link, um, 25% commission. That's another arm to the business as well. Yep. And that's been working really well with these artists that have gone, gone through yeah. my e-course. Oh, you're very good. So, that's well, very clever. It, and know, you've got, and, and just let everybody pivot, know, pivot, pivot. You, you've, <laughs> well, you've got another couple of exciting things coming on as yeah. well. So tell everyone about that. Well, we do everything makeup-wise here. So it's, you know, hair and makeup for events, for weddings. You know, obviously the teaching side is a massive part of what we do. We've got our cruelty-free range of makeup that's a premium range that just is pitched to women over 35, 40s Mm -hmm. um, and beyond. You know, we're all about doing um, teen and tween makeup lessons as well. You know, we've got brows that we do, lash lifts, facials, skin But you've got a course that's coming out. Well, this new big one for trans women. It's so exciting. And and this has been an unusual little thing that we have, you know, gotten in as our specialisation is working with trans women. So how did that come about? Did you... Did you just have one that came out yeah, of the blue? It was and one. And when I love it. <laughs> yes. It's Belinda is my most famous, um, you know, trans woman that I've ever worked with. Right. And she was um, her first outing as a female was in her best friend's wedding as maid of honour. Oi, oi, oi. It was massive. Yeah. And I loved working with her. It was literally like the most random booking. And it was someone who just said, uh, look, you know, you're a, you're in a same-sex relationship. You'll be a good fit for this. And it was you're another You're going to be broad-minded enough to. Yeah. Right. Oh, look, if you're in a same-sex, you can do trans, <laughs> right? It's all on the rainbow. Uh, and I'm so grateful for her. Like gorgeous yeah. referral. It's changed everything for me. Um so Belinda, it was the most extraordinary experience and, and you know, she tipped me a hundred bucks extra for this yeah, hair and wow. makeup, you know. She was so thrilled. She couldn't believe how gorgeous she looked. And like, I was That's like, oh, very this Caitlin is Jenner nice. and Vanity Fair, isn't oh it? Oh, my God, it, <laughs> it is. It's that public outing where you want oh, to look amazing. It was just extraordinary and the feeling of of that, you know, in fact, I did a makeover this morning with a new trans woman and that same feeling, you know, I, I, I it just is it is like my soul is just lifted yeah, up into the stratosphere of helping someone who, you know, has no idea where to start. You know, you think cisgendered women, you know, struggle with makeup. Yeah. Like imagine being socialised as a boy, knowing That's you're right. not. That's but, right. But, you know, you don't know anything about makeup. So this And whole, on top of that, probably a layer of if you did wear makeup, someone would make fun of you or Exactly, the something. shame so there's and even, the guilt. there's even and, more yeah. kind of around it. But There's a lot around yeah. that. And it's very interesting um, – being providing a, a safe and supportive space for these women to explore that feminine. And for me, you know, I I went, I, as soon as I finished with Belinda, I went home and I wrote a page on the website that was like, that's it, I need more of this work. And it's so ironic, but that page out of every other um, page on our website has the highest SEO. Uh, you know, the rest was because written by a copywriter. Because word is probably getting out in that community where there's nobody yes. else that they know where yes. to go. it's so and rare. And they've got this beautiful woman and she'll teach you everything. Correct. 
correct. Like we ended up on some <coughs> subreddit for trans women, um, you know, to, as a referral. And and because we're a rainbow company, they know that we get it. You know, yeah. we're on the rainbow. We provide that safe space. So out of doing Belinda, I then started booking all these women for makeup lessons. So yeah. I became a specialist in trans makeup lesson. As I mean, you look, do. I, I love a specialization that creeps up on you. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, look after one one of them. I'm like, oh well, this is now. I'm now specialized in this. Like you do one, sure, fake yeah. it till you make it. Talk yourself up. Um, story of my life. Uh, so pretty much created this whole program out of it. And I had this two day experience where these women could come one day for makeup, and we would do everything from skincare and all the way through, and go at their own pace. You know, yeah. like let people find their level. Um, and then the second day was focused on all the social transitioning stuff. And so this and this came about because at the makeup lessons, all these women were like, oh, so what do I ask for when I go and get my nails done? Yeah, I or, love that look, example. You know, you know what is wear, shellac? What's shellac? <laughs> you know, I want to wear a bra. Where do I go to get one? How do I even know? What's the difference what between the buy? 34 and the C? What bit is what? Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. And even down to like choosing the size of your boobs for your frame. Like you can't yeah, have too right. little, you, you know, because... Because we know you carry a bit of extra weight and then you've got That's bigger right. boobs. But if you're smaller, you've got smaller But, it, you know, these trans women don't know this stuff. No. Well, wigs and hair removal and how to change your name and, you know, all of these little oh, bits brilliant. and pieces. And so bit by bit these gorgeous women really gave me inspiration to create a whole program around exactly this, a one-stop shop on how to transition into a woman. It's just so you'll be winning awards for that one. I have no doubt about it at all. Well, we got a grant from the Victorian government, which was absolutely epic. It was a COVID grant, 50 grand. Um, We were the first grant that they actually awarded as well. I would have thought Um, you ticked so many boxes of their diversity and compliance and let us give ourselves a pat on the back. We've given them money. The lesbians get the money. Uh, So, yeah, it was an LGBT grant and you either had to work in that space or be an LGBT company. So we did tick both of those boxes. Um, And, you know, like I I look back on that and bloody hell I'm grateful. It turned um, those two-day, that two-day experience into an e-course and I'm putting finishing touches to that now and it will be launched, you know, so soon. And I, I, Jules, I'm like cannot wait because it's just getting access to a broader group of women who need what we are supplying. That's right. And get it out there. And and I want to be that voice of diversity. You know, I've never been the run of the mill. I am so not normal and I embrace the, that, you know. I totally can see. I can just see it. I can see all oh, of it. Oh, me too. I can see you on the Today Show or even uh, some even better show. Even better talking show. Talking about what oh, you're well, doing and the, If the Today Show yeah. people are listening, I am ready to be interviewed. You know, And Jules. if I bump into them anywhere, I'll be telling them. <laughs> all right. Now, we don't have too much longer. I could yes. keep talking to you forever. Oh, I know. Couple I love that. A couple of quick questions. One is... <clears throat> One of the things that I've noticed having interviewed all these women is the prevalence of women burning out, and you hear about <laughs> it all the time. Yes. So my question to you is, how are you juggling work and life so that doesn't happen? I, I am juggling it shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go, you also have a little boy. Yes. So, you know, the two of you have got a lot on your hands. Oh, yeah. Do you not say weekends or after 6 p.m. Oh. or something are... Uh, 
family time or you just haven't got that space at the moment Jules, to Jules, I'm that? constantly in trouble <laughs> from Kelly. <laughs> so Kel's on but, it, onto yeah, it. Kel, Kelly's great, um, you know, incredible. We call her the rock, you know, she is the rock. Um, you know, she works full-time in a really full-on job. She manages $5 billion, um, you know, for wow. a super fund. You know, she is intense most of the days. And then, you know, being weekend work that I tend to do, you know, she is then carrying the load with Tristan, my our beautiful four-and-a-half-year-old. Um, and, you know, I am shit at getting home on time. I am okay. terrible at, you know, I, I am I am the but quintessential But do you feel yourself focused. burning out? Do you feel times where I just, I've, mm. I've maybe pushed myself too far and I need to slow down for a well, bit? Well, that would be that time that I presented at your International Women's Day event with <laughs> double pneumonia yes. that I didn't know I had for like three months. And then went straight <laughs> from the venue to the hospital. Exactly. Yeah. Then, okay. A week stay in hospital. Um, you know, look, uh, I... My mum and I both have this extraordinary ability to go and go and go. We're energizer bunnies, and when we're doing something we love, um, we just keep going. Yes. And you know, I I absolutely am in that camp of you know I love what I do, and I I know understand that, it and is... that's when the burnout happens because <laughs> yes. people love it so much they don't stop. And I know mm. I can do it as well. And I'm like, oh my god, I need a holiday. Do you take holidays? Um, holidays are tricky because I care for my elderly mother as well. So right. she's 81 and she lives with us, and so. So it's a little bit tricky to have breaks. Right. But um, Kelly and I are going to separately have some breaks coming up so that okay. we can just get a bit of time just away. Just something, um, yeah. You know, not a family holiday yet, but, you know, it's hard to leave mum who's not okay. So, um, you know, it's, it's tr- it is a very tricky thing being that sandwich generation where you've got yes. the elderly parent that you are responsible for and then, a, you know, like for us. Because we were late having Tristan. You know, I was 43 when we had him. So, you know, it's it, it that is a lot. But I... I after the pneumonia, I did take that very seriously, and it was a big wake up call. And for me, I think you got about eight hundred and seventy one comments on Facebook, didn't you? With everyone <laughs> going, so "Would many. you learn your lesson?" Oh my god, <laughs> would that is something that never happens? Like the whole learn your lesson. No, I don't. No. I never learn my lesson, <laughs> which is like what keeps me going. Um, you know, sometimes I learn the lesson uh, reluctantly. So I did take a bit of time off and I do try, you know, we need family time as well. So I, you know, try and take a, a couple of weekends, you know, a day of a weekend um, a couple of times a month. Um, Mondays are my day I'm off. I'm almost um, regretting asking you because yeah, I don't I'm think not, this is this a great is a bad, example I am for a anyone bad who's example. listening. But I tell you what, I'm an amazing example for perseverance you and determination and just find resilience. a freaking way. Yeah, yes. there's always a way. Okay, one last question mm. um, and it's sort of out of nowhere and it doesn't have to apply to business but – is there a quirky fact about you that nobody else knows that you'd be up for sharing? Oh, God. I love um, asking this question. Jules, there's so many things that come to mind for that. Well, I think, you know, the most G-rated one is that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking X-rated, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. I can chew I on my own nipples or something. <laughs> That might make me more money if I could do that. True. Um, so five cats. I have five cats. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. You and, are a crazy cat lady. Well, as, as Kel's brother calls us, the crazy cat lesbians, um, <laughs> which isn't quite right because I'm pansexual, but anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's really, you know, don't stay friends with the lady that owns the cat shelter is very much the lesson there. Right. Um, I think the other thing is that I am half unicorn. Um, you <laughs> have seen my hair 
hair. I am yes. pink, purple, uh, teal, and brunette. And so, you know, most definitely half unicorn. Uh, and, you know, sparkle the glitter around and, and change how women feel about themselves is very much my life purpose. So, um, yeah, five cats, don't judge me. Um, and, you know, that was certainly a bad decision, um, you know, now that I've got a four-year-old. <laughs> Oh, I think it's cute. Okay, so last but not least, what is your web address for anyone if they want to get hold of you and yes. where can they find you on social? Oh, wonderful. Please follow me, everyone. <laughs> uh, so iridis.com.au, that's I-R-I-D-I-S.com.au. Yep. Uh, we are on all of the socials and and kind of a little bit lackadaisical at times <laughs> like because it's my job and so, you know, it's sort of like one of those things that I'm like, oh, shit, I've got to post something. Um, but you can find us on Insta and Facebook, um, you know, most most regularly and I'm vowing and declaring that um, I will be getting better at that. We're actually getting some help with it, so I'm very yeah, well excited. Done. Well done. Because, you know, you just can't do everything in no, business I know. as much as I try. <laughs> um, and I've also um, just engaged a full-time um, employee, Vanessa, who you know. I do. Who, who was uh, one Another of my. fabulous trans woman. Yeah. So she started out as one of my clients, uh, discovered she's got all this small business experience, has all these complimentary skills. And, and just I'm threw like, her at it. Did you? you know Bad luck. <laughs> Get in here. So, so now what I'd like to afford her because, you know, like small business, it's that constant juggle, yes. right? Um, you know, to afford her, I'm now doing an extra da- day of um, <clears throat> brows and lashes and skincare consults yep. so that I can, you okay. know, fill a day and then that pays for Vanessa uh, yeah, for great. the week. So, um, yeah. You know, like that well that's done. how I've managed to make that happen. But it's the watch this space because we are about to expand and scale and get even bigger. I am so excited for you. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that you're gonna do everything that you've said and probably <laughs> about fifty million more amazing things. <laughs> Thank you so much, PG, for this interview. It's just been fantastic and I know it's gonna inspire a whole heap of girls. Oh, amazing. And women. Thank you for having me and I, you know, I love that mentoring side of things. So definitely, you know, everyone follow your dreams. It's absolutely worth it. You're 100% right. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'sthebos.com.au. 